Hey guys, this is Allie, preacher's kid, growing up in the 90s, like living through all of that, uh, I don't know, purity culture, just, uh, just all the things. 37 years old, finally waking up. I accidentally found your podcast. The very first episode, something that really resonated with me was the quote that you guys used from the two feminist theologians. Um, and it's just really just spinning in my head. And I just wanna say I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you guys because I'm really chewing on this and I'm really digging deeper. And at 37 years old, I'm trying to find out where I land in my faith. You know, can I can I be a Christian? Um, can I love Jesus and hate the church? Is that possible? Um, so I just thank you for being a part of that journey, and I look forward to listening more. Hey, what did one snowman say to the other? I don't have a clue. Also, let me just interject. I don't care, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> Do you smell carrots? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. That's so good. It is a good joke. It's a good joke. Uh, you know how I can tell it's a great joke? Because you told me while you were laughing at it. Uh, <laughs> while you were still laughing at your own dad joke. Uh, That's brilliant. Well, happy morning. You doing okay? Hey. You look. Uh, yeah, I'm good. You look like you've been really deep in it. Have you been deep in it? Well, I had Yanni going this morning. Yeah. Uh and I was in the chamber. But I think I really can see into the future. I woke up like in the I, chamber. I was too shy. I was too shy. So just for any listeners that may not know, today's episode is our uh second annual prophecies episode. Um where we will prophesy and predict all the things that we believe are going to happen uh in 2022. We yeah. tap into our spiritual gifting uh, in order to tell you that. And last year we did this, and we ended up with like just shy of 52% um, correct prophecies. But we both adjusted some things, and uh, I watched a YouTube video on it. and On how to prophesy? On how to prophesy. Yeah. Uh, which, I, you know, I did a lot better than you anyways. I already knew a lot more than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, it helps to be non-specific, uh, for starters. <laughs> <laughs> that really pays off. Um, but uh, so today's episode, I think we're, uh, I think we're going to be a lot better this year. Yeah, I, I feel really clear and people just are, ready to. They're lucky to be listening because you're about to know what's going down in 2022 better than any of your friends. Uh, here's a jingle, and then we'll get right into it. Preacher, what's the future? What kind of year is 2022? Will we put a suburb on Mars? Will billionaires park their cars and get golf balls off at the moon? Preacher, I want to know if anything is looking better to you when you search. Will we all get along? Like nothing ever goes wrong Once we're living inside the meta-universe Hey, before we jump in today, I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity. Y'all remember Jay Levitt Pearl? He's been a guest on the show a couple of times. Well, uh, Dr. Pearl's latest project is called the Radical Theology Seminar. So if you're dissatisfied with dominant theological traditions because they don't speak to our complex political and ecological situation, or if you're just like a religious misfit, you know, basically, if you're a Christian, uh, then the Radical Theology Seminar is an opportunity for you to engage a cutting-edge transgressive theology that's capable of disrupting our religious and racial and class and gender boundaries. Um, and, and really has the aim of social and political and religious transformation. So if you sign up for this seminar, you'll get access to monthly live lectures. Um, you'll be entered into monthly book giveaways for seminal texts in the field of radical theology. You will have access to the Radical Theology Seminar Facebook group, a secret Facebook group. Um, You'll receive a really cool God is Dead enamel pin. 
Um, and at the Acolyte level, you'll learn from and interact with, honestly, some of the most respected scholars in the field of radical theology. You'll get to speak with them directly. Uh, so join the conversation today. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Radical Theology. So we didn't say this up front, but we should say this is our last episode of 2021. Um, we're going to take a little holiday break. And then we will be back to How do you, you know that? <laughs> That's my first prediction. Uh, we'll be back on January 10th. So it's going to be a long, long Christmas without us. But you can go back and there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in the hopper to listen to. There's plenty to catch up on. Um, if our analytics are correct, there are more people uh, who listen to Crisis of Faith now than there were... At the time that we recorded most of the content of Crisis of Faith, so there's a lot of people that probably, you know, you probably just need to go back and find some stuff and see what what have we already said and what haven't we said, because we'd love to hear that kind of thing and really get into it in 2022. Well, like if you haven't listened to episode 48, I mean, that's probably the place to start. Yeah, that's one of our least listened to. It seems like people just... It's weird, though, because it's like clearly the best episode and... Yeah. Nobody's listening. Yeah. Well, I listened to that episode. It's- I immediately lost five pounds um, <laughs> <laughs> and then regained six pounds of muscle mass. Um, Honestly, like we don't like to get into a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff on this show, but or even, you know, some people like to think of it as a satanic power. I don't I'm just saying it seems odd to me that a show where we really reveal the secrets and the truth of the gospel mm-hmm. uh and and it's just getting as few listens as it gets i there's something happening there that's, that's all. true that's, what I'm saying. that's true you think <laughs> you think that satan is blocking people from the blessing well, I didn't of say episode that. you said that you said that i'm just saying <laughs> it seems strange to me that's, that's i didn't it doesn't seem strange to me at all that seems as close as I feel to Yanni and the Holy Spirit this morning, um, that makes perfect sense to me, that that would be what's happening. Uh, so you want to go first? We each have five yeah. predictions. So there's ten total, total prophecies, <clears throat> predictions here. Um, and they, as far as I'm concerned, are probably 100% correct. So yeah. lean in close, That's maybe right. grab a notepad, write these down, and then a year from now we'll come back and assess just how right we were. We'll tell you how we got them all right. Yeah. Um, okay, so my first prediction is a negative prediction, not in the sense of being bad, but in the sense of it's this is something that's not going to happen. And you might think it's going to happen in 2022. It's not. Okay. Um, so Roe v. Wade uh, will not be reversed in 2022. Um, of course, lots of people talking about this. In, in 2018, um, the state of Mississippi banned abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy and this is in direct contradiction to Roe which guarantees abortion rights through the first uh two trimesters. Mm. Uh so now Mississippi is asking for the court to review um reversing Roe altogether and returning the a question of abortion rights back to states. Um and we have a very conservative like super majority on the Supreme Court right now. Um but I, I don't think they're going to do it. Um, I think that our Supreme Court makes progressive decisions, full stop. Um, you know, when Roe v. Wade was decided, now this is a long time ago, in 1973, there was a 6-3 to three Republican majority, Republican-appointed majority on the court. Uh, and, and five of the six Republicans voted to legalize abortion. They voted yeah. for Roe v. Wade. Um, and this is not the first time that Roe v. Wade has been challenged in the Supreme Court. In 1992, after you know Reagan and the first President Bush had appointed a bunch of justices, um, the Republicans actually had... This was the, like, the greatest time for a conservative court to do anything. Uh, there, there, were, there was an eight-to-one... Republican appointed advantage on the Supreme Court at that time uh, in 1992. And Byron White, who was the only Democrat appointee on the bench, was one of the two justices who had voted against Roe v. Wade. Right. So they should have 
Yeah. Overturned Roe v. Wade then, but so the not seven, only the seven seven of the eight Republican appointed voted to not overturn. That's right. At that point, yeah. Uh, and so that was like, not only did they not overturn Roe, they actually like made additional, they outlawed additional restrictions on abortion. They they actually made Roe stronger uh, in 1992. So I, I think we're gonna see the same thing again. Roe v. Wade will not be overturned. Um, there will be all kinds of, of course, conservative backlash in state law in Mississippi and yeah, which North Carolina. And we will say, you know, when we talked about this in our uh, in an earlier episode of this show, the Roe v. Wade v. Jesus, um, yeah. we talked about how this thing will never be overturned uh, by Republicans because it is the carrot on a stick dangling in That's front right. of Christian voters forever and if they ever overturned it then how will they get christian voters to show up and vote for people like donald trump anymore <laughs> yeah, if you can right. if you're not dangling that anymore if you actually just give them that then you lose the thing you gotta uh, find a new carrot yeah and uh and then the other thing i would say i feel like you're spot on here um just because in general <laughs> in general the united states doesn't follow mississippi uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if if Mississippi says here's how we're doing things from now on, in general, the U.S. says, "Nice try, Mississippi. Let us know whenever you need a little more of our government assistance <laughs> to keep your people alive." <laughs> so, if uh, if anybody in Mississippi is listening right now, well, you know what's up. Uh, second prediction of the episode my first prediction um, and this one I'm putting this one at the front because I feel like it, it deserves a little bit of explanation I had written this down in my notes I wish there was a way to time stamp it but you and I don't share our prophecies with each other it really yeah. it screws up with the process um, yeah, right. <clears throat> I prophesied um, about a month ago put this in my notes that Joel Osteen would be caught up in scandal uh, in 2022. Um, now, since I prophesied that, uh, $600,000 of cash was discovered behind a toilet <laughs> in uh, in his his building in the, the Astrodome or wherever they... He just fired early. It was like a premature prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> premature profilation uh <laughs> it happens to the best of us um yeah but the the interesting thing was and i uh, full disclosure here i had um because my prophecy wasn't complete yet i wasn't done in the chamber um i had three or four different um things that i was thinking like well here's what the scandal will entail um none of them involved money uh the first one was well, except for the first one. I thought maybe the scandal would be that um, a bunch of, like, uh, convenience store footage would reveal that he always takes a penny and never leaves a penny. <laughs> that seemed... You did... Okay, you did actually send me that with the story about the money in the toilet yeah you, you sent me i had this in my notes already as uh, soon as somebody know. sent me that story i screenshotted my notes and i said i know i'm not supposed to send this to you before but you gotta know this was in here and the first what i thought i was hearing at first was that it would be revealed that he had been taking pennies and not leaving pennies <laughs> so i feel like if i had enough time if this hadn't come out then i would have i would have really centered it honed in on the main thing um then I thought maybe there would be traffic camera footage indicating that he honked his horn at someone in traffic when they didn't take off immediately after the light turned green um, and, and, and take advantage of an opportunity to learn a valuable lesson in patience that God was attempting to teach him. Um, and then the third thing I was thinking, and this might still happen in 2022, was that his, uh, his uh, Spotify wrapped would indicate that he actually listened to the heavy metal band Lamb of God a lot last year because he couldn't understand the lyrics and he thought they were a praise and worship band. Um, so maybe that one will still have something to it, but I'm going to go yeah. ahead and award myself a full point for 
<laughs> Even though you are the one who will award points or not. You have any thoughts right. on, on the Joel Osteen prophecies? Well, we'll see what happens with that. I, um, yep. I'll be interested to see what his Spotify rap says in 2022. I think that we're going to check on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see where this goes. We'll see where this it was goes. very, very there, interesting. There's a lot of year left. Uh, all of it. Really. All of it. All of it. So well, <laughs> something's going to happen with, with Brother Joel. Uh, okay. My second prophecy is not, not too exciting because I'm going to go double or nothing uh, on the Methodist. I said last year that they would split. It was. It seemed. I mean, it was a. It was sure money last year. Uh, there was a special general conference in 2019 um, where the Methodist, the the global United Methodist Church, doubled down on um, LGBTQ folks couldn't be ordained to, you know, pastoral ministry, and also uh, same-sex marriages couldn't be performed, and so forth. Um, and it was looking like in 2020 at their regular general conference, uh, they were going to split. Uh, and then that got, you know, canceled in COVID, of course. So I said in 2021, well, yeah, obviously there it's going to happen. And it's going to go three ways. I said, uh, you're going to have the middle of the road. Methodists are going to keep the name and you're going to have both a, um, a conservative branch and a progressive, like liberationist branch, um, I'm I'm doubling down. I'm going to say, and you said in our last episode when we reviewed our 2021 predictions, right? Um, that I could get up to, I could get two points. Yeah, I got it's true. zero points. It's true. Uh, in 2021, I could get two points for that one. Um, so I mean, that's just I, there's no way I can't take that shot. Yeah. You so th- this, uh, I will say, if if you if this proves correct, which I imagine it will. Um, we have a real shot here at getting 110% of our prophecies correct. That's right. <laughs> in 2022. But yeah, I don't, I don't have is, much else to say on that's this. That's better week. than Isaiah, honestly. That's really, it's way better than Isaiah. Isaiah has a, about a 44%, um, yeah. as it stands <laughs> currently. Um, you never know when you make a prophecy, like you can still get points awarded thousands of years later. If, if exactly. So. Yeah. If if it hasn't come true, it's just that it hasn't come true yet. But that's actually that's what makes um, us as as prophets on in the prophets of the Christian nation. Yeah. Um, really, a lot better than most other prophets <laughs> is that we. I love we put timestamps on ours. I love we hearing say it that way. <laughs> it's gonna happen in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. You that's, know. That's, that's what we're that's what we're doing here. Uh, yeah, I, I, balls. Again, he, yeah, you just went out on it, and you're like Isaiah. Screw Isaiah. Exactly. It's got nothing on us. Uh, all right, my second uh, prophecy is. Um, I'm trying to make sure I get the order right here. Yeah, th- this one is a little less interesting. Um, but I do think there is, it's going to sound a little bit like a joke initially. Um, it's one of those where it's got some actual names involved. Um, but this didn't work out too good last year, but yeah, I know. I know. Um, I believe Chris Pratt, I mentioned this in the previous episode. Yep. Yep. Uh, will star alongside Kirk Cameron in a movie (laughs) in 2022. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah, I believe that he is he is ready to go the full Monty uh he's, evangelical. He's trending that way. Yeah. yeah. That he will finish up his role as uh supreme guardian of the galaxy and will become a guardian of the souls of humanity. <laughs> Along you with You know, Kirk. it would be really great if he would appear as Star-Lord. Ooh. Uh with Kirk Cameron in a in a sort of like Marvel left behind crossover, I think that would be great. Yeah, he could be Star Lord, and Kirk Cameron could be Daystar. <laughs> <laughs> Daystar shine down on. Did you ever hear that one? Did yeah, you guys sing that one. Uh, yeah, that's it. I think Kirk Cameron, or I think Chris Pratt is going to go way more full on evangelical, practically preacher mode. 
Um, yeah. You know, this is, we, we haven't talked about this, um, but we, we never really looked into the Nicolas Cage left behind movie on here. We got to make that. Oh yeah. In 2020, this is not a prediction. This is just, this well, is going to happen in 2022. We're going to watch the Nicolas Cage left behind movie. And that's a great, a ep- that'd be a great episode if we could just yeah. do that. Um, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Scene by scene. Well, I, I know what happened. Uh, I'll go ahead and go out on a limb and say I know what happened. Nicholas Cage said yes to everything that ever <laughs> oh, came yeah, his way for about 20 years because <laughs> he was going to go to jail down. if he didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he needed he needed drugs and he needed money. Um, so he did it all. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, and I right. think there is something kind of uh, straight. This is another conversation for another day, but do you remember like as a youth group kid or or maybe even in your in your 20s at some point like every time you found out that there was a celebrity who was christian in some way or in, included the name of jesus not just god in their like gra- grammy acceptance speeches and whatever do you remember the joy that came along oh, with yeah. that and then the the Ooh, i am second those people. the i am second movement were you familiar with that I don't know that. It's like this these videos of like celebrities and um a lot of uh professional athletes and things where they did these videos where like God is first, I am second or what I think that's oh, the okay, idea behind okay. them. Um yeah. but yeah, I just can't little 15 year old me ridiculous. I am se- God is number 1. <laughs> And I'm number in the two. universe, but number two, <laughs> I think that's, that's right. Tim I Tebow. Don't if, I don't know if I'm getting or it whatever. right. Tim Tebow was like front, front and center of the the I am second thing. Okay, so um, this was a little after my. I mean, Tim Tebow. I was already out of it by the time he was out of the evangelical scene, mostly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely remember like we just went nuts about any anyone at all. <laughs> but can you imagine being 15 and Star Lord? <laughs> become yeah. like like it's coming out be huge full-on evangelical like i would have yeah. lost my i would have been like we won we finally did it <laughs> the world has oppressed us christians long enough and we are finally going to prevail here comes now this we're is, number one now we're number one <laughs> <laughs> fuck second we're first <laughs> all right prediction number Number five, number three for me, number five overall. Halfway Ooh, so mark. The number the numbers are complicated. <laughs> They're um, tricky. But we um, told you to take notes. <laughs> we did. In our defense. We said grab a pen. Uh okay, this one's it's out on the limb, but I really Yanni spoke this to me. Um Pope Francis, Papa Frank, will <laughs> die this year, sadly. Oh. Um, he might, he may retire. I, I couldn't quite, it was a little fuzzy around the prophetic edges. Um, but he will, he will exit the cathedra. Um, and uh, again, sadly, <laughs> so Pope, Pope Francis will definitely die or maybe retire. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's right. Keep definitely die or maybe retire. Um, <laughs> And the Catholic Church will elect their, you know, Brexit Trump Pope, right? Oh. They're gonna. There's gonna be a conservative backlash Pope election. Okay, that's a good that's prediction. I've I've nothing to say uh, on that whatsoever. I've no insight. He's 84 at all. years old. Okay, so it's and he's he seems to be in good health. Um, so yeah. it is. It's a. You know, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Of well, course, he's it's, 80, it's 84 a, and seems to be in good health, but Pope ain't easy, as he's it's not. as he says all the time. Check his Twitter exactly. feed. That's actually that's that's his uh, that's his bio. Is Pope and ain't easy. Pope and ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Um, all right, my next uh, prophecy. Now I'm going to get into the the slightly more serious ones here. Um, not that serious. Uh, but I, bel- I, I prophesy, I predict, that evangelicalism in the United States will be forced, which, and I, I think it's fair to say this has not happened yet. Um, despite I'm what interested the- to see where this is going to go, because I have my next prediction written down is okay. about where evangelicalism 
is okay. and is going. So I'm I'm interested. Let's okay. Um, well, this is very specific, and it probably probably won't overlap, but it might lead into that okay. well. Um, so despite what the Gospel Coalition attempted and all of this, I evangelicalism has not addressed deconstruction at all. Mm. Has okay. not addressed the fact, the fact that pretty much anybody under the age of 45 and a lot of people pretty much anywhere who, who think for themselves and do any reading themselves are starting to question whether evangelicalism is really part of the Christian movement or not, or if it belongs potentially in a, in a camp alongside Mormonism, alongside Mormonism and maybe even, you know, uh, L. Ron Hubbard and <laughs> like churches, like if it, yep. is it actually a cult that, I mean, I saw a meme the other day that, um, that was like a sermon in a meme. It was like, I wanted to take a picture of it and send it to everyone. And I was like, I don't, I just think it, it bears explaining, but it was a, it was a dog, um, attempting to drink the shadow of water coming out of a faucet. Like, so there was water coming out of a faucet over here on the right. And there was a dog like licking at the shadow cause he saw it and he's, and so he, and the, the meme was labeled Jesus as the water coming out over here. Um, and then the dog was evangelicalism or something like that, like sipping on, mm. you know, attempting to drink the shadow of water that has no water yeah. in it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, that's profound. Damn. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was a pug too, which makes for the yeah. best oh, memes. Yeah. That's right. um, <laughs> what a ridiculous creature. Uh, that I'm pretty sure couldn't survive. I mean, some dogs could survive. That dog, there's no way that dog could survive without, um, without an 80 year old woman keeping it alive. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So I think the the Matt Chandler thing that happened in the last week with him kind of addressing deconstruction in a way that was, I'm gonna go ahead and say fair, um, wrong. I think he's wrong, but I also think it's fair. I think if you're going to live inside evangelicalism in the way that he does and say something about deconstruction, you have to say that. You have to believe if you're deconstructing, it's because you didn't really experience the real Jesus. Um, and I feel, and he essentially said, and I feel for you. I get it. So if you're, um, but if you had really experienced Jesus, you would, but he's a Calvinist. He thinks that he was picked by God for special experience God's anyways. Special He's one of yeah. God's special boys, and so at the same time, I'm like, it's totally fair. Of course you believe that. Of course you think that. Um, as it, it seemed like a lot of people were really shocked by that because, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, he's, he's an entertaining speaker. He's very funny. He's kind of mean in a stand-up comedy kind of way, and he's an entertaining communicator. And So I think a lot there might have been a lot of people in the deconstruction community who were like, when they wanted a sermon, they might have gone to Matt Chandler. Um, and then this, this offended them. And I'm like, I don't understand totally why you'd be offended by it. What did you think he was doing by pastoring one of the largest Southern Baptist churches and Acts 29 network churches in the nation in Texas for him to say, I'm actually doubling down on being evangelical and not deconstructing. But my (laughs) prediction, evangelicalism will have to talk about this. You're going to hear some Sunday morning preachers who know, who knows shit about deconstruction having to talk about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good prediction. Um, okay. So mine is not about that, but I do see, um, okay. My prediction is good news on the evangelical front. Um, but it needs a little bit of background. I think if you're not familiar with, you know, this stuff, I think, but, um, you know, McLean Bible Church, or is it McLean? M-C-L-E-A-N. I'm going to mm-hmm. call it McLean. Uh, Bible Church is this, <clears throat> it's a mega church in Washington, D.C. Um, it's really, for a long time, been kind of a, a destination spot for Republican officials, um, senators, and Congress people yep. and stuff. Uh, David Platt took the reins of that church, I think, in 2018 as the lead pastor. Um, the church is an independent Bible church, but David Platt, of course, is from the Southern Baptist Convention. Before that, he was some like high-ranking official in, in the SBC. Um, okay, so 
in June of this year, of 2021, um, they were trying to elect three new elders, three new like pastors. It's a multi-site, huge church, right? Um, one of these men was black, which I think is important for the context here. Um, and they needed, in the way their constitution works, they needed 75%. They need a three-fourths majority uh, to pass. And at first, they were all voted down mm-hmm. in the first vote. Um, and it was, it was a kerfuffle. <laughs> um, language, Joe, <laughs> a cluster kerfuffle. <laughs> um, the thing was people were saying that, and if you know anything, I mean like this, these are conservative evangelical people through and through David Platt We'll talk to you about people going to hell all day long, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but he also like says, "Hey, let's deal with some in some like really small tokenist way. Let's deal with some racial issues." And so people started to say, "Well, he's gone woke. Mm-hmm. Um, he's teaching critical race theory, which he's not. This hasn't. David Platt has never even fucking heard of critical actual critical race theorist. <laughs> um, it's just in that way that you know." all kindergarten teachers are now teaching critical race theory, that sort of shit. Right. Um, apparently Platt had marched in a protest, um, after the killing of George Floyd, uh, and the son of another pastor of McLean Bible church held a sign that said, you're supposed to gasp at this black lives matter to God. Well, this was clear that he had just gone gone the way of the liberals. Um, some people were claiming that Platt's plan was to sell one of the church sites uh, and turn it into a mosque. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that's the jump that like that leap always <laughs> yeah. that leap always makes the conversation. Yeah, this is terrible. This is terrible. But there were e- actual emails sent where people were saying that he wanted to change the name to not from McLean Bible church to melanin Bible church. Come on. This I is saw that in the news. Real racist. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so it was a big thing. Lawsuits were filed. I mean, this is a big church, big business. Um, of course, you know, the state of Virginia doesn't really want to get involved in, in religious kerfuffles, but they do um, require churches to uphold their own constitution in, in instances like this. I think part of the problem was, um, there's something about like if if someone has not been present in church for eight weeks in a row, they could be uh, purged from the roster. Like they're no longer active members. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I'm just well, think, I'm just thinking what happened. I would like to see what would happen to every denomination across the United <laughs> States if that were. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the problem. Was this was in 2021, right? What does it mean to have attended? I still have people just for the I just think this is a nice little joke to interject here. That's totally true. I had people text me last week saying they just showed up at our building and wondered what happened. And they're mad at me that I didn't get them the information. (laughs) (laughs) We have not met in that building in uh, 14 months. Uh, (laughs) And and somebody's like, what the hell, man? You're just going to. (laughs) <laughs> not even going to tell the members. <laughs> yeah. So it's that sort of thing. This is what it went to court over. And people were apparently like these kind of members were, you know, s- sent him ballots under their name and that, that sort of thing. Well, anyhow, um, eventually uh, the there was a, another vote and all three of these elders were voted in 78%. So a narrow three-quarters majority. Um, and I said publicly in the summer in between these two votes, when all this, when, when the kerfuffle was at its peak, um, I said that this church and David Platt and the whole thing is, is the canary in the coal mine for evangelicalism. Um, that Platt is kind of like the Mitt Romney of yeah. evangelicalism, right? It was like the... 
the Republican Party kind of could have gone one of two ways. It could have gone the Trump path. It could have gone um, the Mitt Romney path. And it's not clear still, I think, what's going to happen with the Republican Party. Um, but I think that this this one little church fight uh, really is the defining mark, the tipping point of that moment in the evangelicalism. Okay, so here's my prediction. Um, evangelicals will start to shift toward a centrist position. I think that this is proof um, that they've gone the David Platt route. Um, so especially on race, I think that's where, where the battleground is going to be fought. Um, but also even on things like sexuality, I think you'll see a lot more centrist kind of language about LGBTQ issues. Um, not, not progress, like not accepting, yeah. but you'll get a lot more of this sort of welcoming, but not affirming kind of shit. Um, even, even on things like guns and capital punishment, which I think we should just note, I'm going to take another somewhat yep. unwoke position, but just reminding our listeners of, of what evangelicalism actually is accepting, but not affirming. Although that's only language that has been used for LGBTQ. That is how the evangelicals feel about everyone and everything. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> accepting but not affirming is how they feel about people who watch Game of Thrones, um, but that's right. <laughs> or or listen or listen to Anderson Pack albums or what accepting but not affirming. I just want to you know I'm not saying that you yeah. shouldn't be offended if you're a member of uh, the LGBTQ community or if you have but absolutely be offended for whatever you want. But at the same time, uh, I it's annoying that we that they only use that language for that. That is their position against uh, for everything. Um, that is not old and white is like, we'll accept it, <laughs> but we won't affirm it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, I mean, but we are going to see evangelical evangelicalism. I think even in tw as early as 2022 is going to start shifting toward the center. Um, just the other day, I just like yesterday, I saw that Shane Claiborne was on Russell Moore's podcast. Well, Shane Claiborne wow. has been seen as a like as far left as you can get in evangelicalism, and here he is on this kind of center of the road, Russell Moore. You know, I think that it's gonna we're gonna see that shift. Evangelicalism is gonna shift left, um, and I mean we still have all these gun-toting racists that are in the church right now, right? Yeah. Um, what I think is going to happen is that we're going to start to disalign them with the church. I mean, if you think about this, uh, if you if you if somebody said KKK right now, right, the Ku Klux Klan, you don't immediately think of that as a religious organization, but it is, and it was, yeah. And in its heyday, it was really battling for the soul of evangelicalism, but it lost, um, and. You know, a long time ago on this podcast, you said, and I, I think you were right at the time, that if evangelicalism keeps trending the way that it is, a cross will start to look like a swastika, and yeah. the church will start to look like a KKK meeting house. And I think that's right, but I think that this, this whole battle over McLean Bible Church and David Platt marks the tipping point Yeah, um, that that's not going to happen. Instead... Those racist, uh, gun-toting, like cra the 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 guys that stormed the Capitol on January sixth, are just gonna we're gonna start to disalign them with the church. I think that's good news. Yeah, and I think uh, this this was you know I mentioned this in the previous episode, and it's uh, it's important that David Platt is a big part of this whole conversation, and that the canary in the coal mine you know involves. David Platt, not not necessarily that church as much as David Platt, because I think um, we cannot discount the role of celebrity um, in evangelicalism. And so what we do know is that at the center is I'm going to say one of the more um, uh, potentially awkward things that I've really ever said, like. The types of pastors that run evangelicalism um, from the from the megachurch seats, which is really like most of evangelicalism is involved in, you know, LifeChurch.tv, Elevation, which is uh, Craig Rochelle, uh, Elevation Church, which is uh, Stephen Furtick, 
And then you've got, I think it's still called The Village, which is Matt Chandler. And you've got North Point Church, Andy Stanley. Like, those are the biggest influencers. And those guys are, and this is the thing that I think is probably a little awkward, they're a lot more like me. Those are the people that I was the most interested in listening to. I was not involved in denominational leadership. I was not involved in political. Like, those those churches are pretty apolitical. But if they lean any direction, it is probably it would probably appear a little more liberal and woke. Now, none of them are LGBTQ affirming, um, accepting, not affirming. Like, yeah, they're just accepting, not affirming of pretty much everything. Um, but they did uh, a lot of them like march in Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. And so I think that's that's what's happening. And I'm curious, like, how it will actually go because. Yeah, I, I'm still on the side of saying, like, I'm not sure it's going to be the same thing as, like, oh, there will, evangelicalism will split down the middle and you'll have, you know, those who follow the celebrities and those who kind of, you know, are a little bit more good people for the most part will part from the gun-toting racist, whatever that other thing is. Um, I think the thing that will be interesting about it is it won't be like the KKK leftover where it's a very small collection of people that's pretty much all um, only ever spoken of in negative terms. I do think that there is a, enough of the gun-toting racist stuff, you know, in evangelicalism that it will be a it will be a sizable movement. It will be a sizable leftover um, for now. Until for another now, until right. another twenty yeah. years pass and they all die off. I mean, I, I yeah, do think that there's an age. There's an age thing happening, but yeah, excellent prediction. Evangelicals will shift towards the center, um, really in order to survive. (laughs) But also because I think a lot of them are there anyways. This was like, you know, as soon as I stopped being a pastor to a lot of people, uh, they started cursing whenever they talked to me because they always cursed. They just didn't curse when they were. They started talking a little more openly about how they felt about LGBTQ, LGBTQ stuff even though they didn't before. They started talking about pro-life, pro-choice stuff on the opposite end of where I would have thought because what I discovered is even the people that I was pastoring, that that I thought, even the most evangelical people that I was pastoring, the people I thought were the most, you know, the farthest right, once they realize I'm not pastor anymore, they immediately say, actually, we're a lot closer to the middle than you might have thought. Um, and I don't know why that happened, but it's yeah, just, it's a part of the game um, that I think... If if people within the church see an opportunity to be a little more true to what they actually feel and what they actually think, uh, they're gonna they're gonna go for it. Uh, my fourth prediction here. We are on prediction eight. Yep, that's right. Uh, this one is interesting. I think. Uh, I don't know what you might know about it or what all listeners might know about it. Uh. I guarantee, full all sincerity here, I guarantee you this is a, something that if you haven't heard about it yet, you are going to think I'm a very real prophet in about six months. Um, but my, my prophecy is about meta, about um, okay. Facebook, Instagram, um, yeah, the company that is now known as Meta. My prophecy is that Meta will, quote, cross a line end quote, for a lot of people um, and will result in less less users for the first time since the inception of social media. Wow, that's big. I, that's a big prediction. I think it's actually going to make some people uncomfortable. Now, I think profits will increase. I think Facebook will make more money than it's ever made as it always does. <laughs> I think Instagram will make more money than it's ever made, as it always does. I think I think all of these social media platforms will become more profitable, but I think they will see a decrease in the number of users because I think a lot of people are going to say, whoa, hold on just a second. I'm not going that deep into <laughs> the metaverse, as it were. Do you have you have a sense of what is the line? Gonna, well, there's are a going to reveal that. Well, I think there's been a lot of I, I don't know if you've noticed this here lately, but pretty much every every site that you go to on your phone now is asking you. Um, you have to click a little button before you can even look at pretty much any website now. Except cookies to, to accept cookies, like basically yeah. 
something has happened in um, in internet law in the last year, like because that didn't ha- that wasn't happening two years ago. It just started happening um, where it has been forced into the front. Now, most people maybe don't know what that means, but basically what that means is this website is saying, I'm going to steal your information, any information I can get from your phone, and I'm going to sell it to marketing companies. Um, are you okay with that? And when you accept, then you say, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think it's because of the laws that have been passed and some of them that are going to be passed soon, it's going to become more and more front and center to where people are going to start to notice and start to say, wait, I'm not uh, I'm not okay with that. You're going to start to see that, um, well, it, it happened even with, with Donald Trump and the censorship of Donald Trump. The social media is going to become its own sort form of government um, and a pretty powerful one at that. Uh, where it will be able to control the information that is relayed to us and control who has influence and how much influence they have. And um, and I think there are going to be a, a group of people who get fed up with it um, and walk away. I also think the virtual reality stuff is creepy, um, and it's it's gone a little too far too fast. I don't um, know. I don't know about this. You've mentioned this before. I don't know. Yeah, well— I mean, there's a there's like just a a ten minute video on YouTube that you could watch. that's basically just a meta commercial. Uh, that's Mark Zuckerberg walking around in a um, virtual reality environment, and I mean they're selling they're selling blockchain real estate. Like you can actually buy digital real estate, like buy space in the digital universe um, for for people to have to buy from you eventually, like essentially a Bitcoin kind of thing or. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing is kind of trying to cyberize human connection um, using technology to actually replace true human connection. And a lot of people will go for it. A lot of people will just kind of take it hook, line, and sinker. But I also, I think it's going to cross a line. I think that that's my 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 phrase for the prophecy that, in, in that Yanni was speaking to me, a line that will it will cross a line for a lot of people and that social media in general, or at least these social medias, um, the Facebook, Instagram, will see a decrease uh, in users for the first time in their history. Well, I'm excited to see this. This is this is interesting. Yeah. Good good prophecy. This is... Got some big ones. Okay. Um, this is my last prophecy. Prophecy number nine. Um, I think that in 2022, we're going to see... Maybe the statistics, maybe it's already happening and the statistics will just hit us in 2022 or maybe... You know, it'll actually happen then. Um, but but we're going to see a slight bump, a slight bump in participation in mainline Christian denominations. Mainline Christian denominations have been done. I mean, we're talking about Episcopalians, Lutherans, Presbyterians. They're, they've been dying for 50 years, 70 years. Um, but this year we're going to see a, a little bump, a little increase. And... And this is what I think it's about. Um, it's nothing to get excited about. It's a death bump. Mm-hmm. Um, right? So uh, the statistics now are telling us that the nuns, the, the religiously non-affiliated, will be the majority in the United States as early as 2029. That's like crazy. Within, our, within this yeah. decade, yeah. Uh, the nuns are going to be the majority in the United States. Um but some of those nuns are coming from the main line. Some of those are a lot of those nuns are coming from evangelical churches. Uh, they started out as evangelicals and on their way out of the church, they'll stop in the main line. Uh, it's like stopping at the gift shop on your way out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, main liners, of course, will can not I say I did close the sale. Yeah. Did I talk about it on there? I'm, I'm still, I'm still. Yeah. There, well, we, right? <laughs> we left evangelicalism. We were, you know, three months out and we're like, well, we got to do something for our kids. We went to an Episcopal church for a couple of weeks and we're like, all right, well, if we wanted to go somewhere, uh, we could do this. (laughs) If we wanted to do, if we want to do Christmas somewhere, we could do this, you know, and we still participate with an evangelical church at this point. Um, but we also know that there's something there that we're kind of like, I don't know if this is going to be forever. And on our way out the door, we were like, let's give that a shot. Um, yep. So interesting. There, there are enough people, like you, uh, that we're going to see a statistical jump. Um, but of course, mainliners, uh, they haven't spent their lives doing evangelism. They're not 
they're not evangelicals because they don't know how to close the sale. Yeah. Um, and Their marketing so is terrible. They're just going to see, it's just going to be a, an open door. You know, people are going to walk in the front and out the back, but during their walkout, we'll see, we'll see a little bump. Interesting. That's a great prediction. I, I, I like that. And I think there's a lot of logic to it, but also clearly some, some spiritual insight, not just, not just a logical <laughs> prophecy. Um, my final prophecy, uh, the final prophecy of 2021 for 2022, is that, uh, and in all sincerity, I believe this is true. I believe I have every reason to believe this is true. Uh, this podcast, Crisis of Faith podcast with Joe and Drew, will triple in listeners by this time next year. Yeah. I believe that, that there seems will be. Low to me. There will be at least three times as many people listening to this podcast. Uh, by this time next year, I think we're in all sincerity. I think we're getting our act together better and better. <laughs> I think we're I think we're arriving at something where we are making something that seems more useful to me every day. This started out as therapy for me. Um, and, <laughs> and now it's getting to the point where it's like, oh, no, this is actually pretty useful information to help people process um, something that they're going to need help processing. And I think we're going to be in a really good position to see the number I kept seeing was three. So I think it's it's either three times as many people or three more people listening yeah. or a third of the people. Listening. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to say. Uh, it's it's one of those things. But th- three times as many people seems the most logical thing. But I've had some conversations with people here recently that are just like, you know, on the other side of I mean, people that I've just even had to say outright like you need to stop believing in god altogether for a minute like you have to be willing to do that and just realizing like how the crisis of faith podcast did that for me helped me to see you have to get rid of god altogether you can't just change the god that you believe in very easily not if you're deep in evangelicalism not if you're deep in whatever your your christian tradition is if you've got some stuff about a god that just doesn't work it's it's almost impossible to just mold that god into something else you have to be willing to lose it all together um and so i had that conversation within the past week and it made me realize like oh this is this is a conversation i'm going to need to get used to having um because this is where people are at right now there's this yeah. is happening big time every other prophecy we made today pretty much um all, all the all the religious and faith ones indicate that well, okay, well, if the nuns are going to be the main group in uh, the United States, the main religious group in the United States will be no religion. Um, well, that means that a lot of people are going to be losing their faith, um, the faith of their youth, in the next seven or eight years. And even, I mean, on the this is a sort of a counterexample, um, but I had a yet just yesterday, literally yesterday. Uh, somebody who I grew up with in church again this is a second person that just like from my short time in the youth group who um, reached out to me after a long time hadn't talked to him in in a really long time to say like dude I'm gay and I've never been okay with it because our church told me I wasn't okay and how did you get to the point where you were um, you know, affirming. So, like, you know, people. My point is, people are at a lot of different places on the spectrum in terms of how they're how they're coping, how they're dealing with uh, their evangelical past. Um, and hopefully, this is a space where we can make a community and process that. And you know, hopefully, it'll be three times. Or at least three more people. Yeah, at least three more would be <laughs> would be good. I'd love to know their names. I'm gonna need to know their names if uh, if, if it just ends up being three more people that I think we need to have them on uh, <laughs> yeah. the follow up episode yeah. of this. I was like, welcome to the family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're the new ones. Um, yeah. Well, this is this is great. I'm I'm interested to see all of this play out. Um, have you noticed? Uh, so whatever. I mean, it's probably been within the last couple of months, honestly, that the word evangelical um, is a word that I'm hearing 
more and more from other people. Like it used to be like, don't, don't use those labels for me. Don't use those labels for what I believe. Don't, don't, don't talk about, and that's such a big word and it's weird. And like, I don't, I don't know if I'm an evangelical, I'm a follower of Jesus. Um, like, have you noticed an uptick in the way that this word is used and the way that this is talked about? Oh, interesting. Uh, not, I haven't, but that's because the news has always used it, right? The news has always identified people as evangelicals, as a voting block, as a particular cultural subset. Um, It's evangelicals themselves that say, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm, you know, it's a, it's a relationship, not a religion, whatever. Um, Oh, that phrase. And I don't hang around with a lot of evangelicals. So (laughs) I don't know. I haven't, you know, I haven't really noticed if their language is shifting. Yeah. It's a, it's a relationship, not a religion came up in the, I I was just talking about a conversation I had with a friend that I was literally saying like, you have to just be willing to let God go. You just have to, you have to live in the space where there is no God at all. If you're going to discover, if you're going to change God, it's easier to just get rid of the wrong one and then pick up a new one than it is to change the wrong one into the good one. Um, But that phrase came up because they were like, you know, I know that it's a religion, not a relationship. I just don't know how to have a relationship with this God. And I'm like, let me stop you right there. It's a fucking religion. Uh, it's not <laughs> just evangel- everything you were ever handed. It's, you know who says it's a religion, not a relationship? Religions. You know who says it's not a cult? Cults. You know who's like, this is, this is 101 for this stuff. You have to say it's a relationship, not a religion. But it's not a relationship. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's not what evangelicalism is. That's not what your church is teaching you. Your church is a religion. And that's fine. It's important to acknowledge that. Like churches would have a more useful place in the culture of society. Evangelical churches would have a more useful place as they would be like, hey, we're a religion. <laughs> like if yeah. you're shopping for a religion, we think we're a good one. Um, right. But they, they won't have that conversation because they want to sound better. I mean, yeah. that's, that's they don't part want to be evaluated why. in the yeah. uh, marketplace of religions. We're not like uh, yeah. Buddhism or Hinduism or Judaism because we're right and they're wrong. Like that's, right. that's what they're trying to do. But the bottom line is it is a religion <laughs> and, uh, and it can, it has some good stuff to it. Like all religions do. It has some good stuff that you can pull out, but, um, but yeah, I, I think something is happening um, clearly uh, at at the at a different level of this conversation because I feel like I'm not saying we're like on the top tier of it, but I do think we're a lot more obsessed with the stuff than the average person. And what I'm trying to say here is, I think the average person is awakening to. Um, some of the stuff that they've been annoyed at us for talking about for years. Like, like my mom is annoyed that I'm uh, upset about some of the things that I am in the church until yeah. like the past six months where she's annoyed <laughs> she with what's happening. In the, you know what I mean? Like she's yeah. been annoyed with me for a decade about it. And now she's like, okay, okay, I get it. You know, <laughs> I see how that's a problem. You're, you're well, friends, Christians, countrymen, <laughs> that's a Shakespeare joke. Um, country fighters. <laughs> country fighters. <laughs> uh, I've been doing that everywhere, by the way. That good. good. That, that that's 2022. That's what's going to happen. Now you know. So be prepared. Um, and we will see you in about four weeks. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Share this episode with somebody. Uh, Join the conversation on Instagram and Facebook. We are Crisis of Faith uh, in both places. Uh, We'd love to hear your predictions and prophecies. You can try. It'd be cute. It'd be adorable (laughs) for some of you to get in your yawning chamber and try to prophesy what's going to happen next year. We'd love to hear it. Maybe we can coach you through it a little bit. (laughs) We should sell that as a course. We should definitely sell (laughs) a learn prophecy with Joe and Drew. (laughs) Preacher, what's the future? What kind of year is 2022? Will we put a suburb on Mars? Will billionaires park their cars and hit golf balls off at the moon? Preacher,
picture I want to know If anything is looking better to you when you search Will we all get along like nothing ever goes wrong Once we're living inside the meta-universe